Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold, and tonight I have two awesome co-hosts, Ernest Watts in Rockingham, North Carolina, and David Arnold in Tecumseh, Michigan. And throughout this podcast, we continue to have co-hosts all across the country to get a little different regional spin and maybe some hot takes or maybe just hear about some awesome food in different places. And when I used to live in North Carolina, barbecue was my favorite. Ernest, what was the best barbecue you ever had in North Carolina? First of all, I thought you were going to do the old wide world of sports, spanning the globe, people across <laughs> the I'm a little nation. hyped up tonight. I have, I'm drinking my extra strong coffee right now, which is coffee. helping me out really a lot. Can you tell? Can you tell? <laughs> I'm, I actually, this is going to sound uh, really bad, but I like Texas barbecue. No. Yes. Yes. <sighs> I love, I love it, Texas barbecue. He's saying that in the confines of his own house. Yes, right. Well, yeah, just, yeah, I mean, you know, we have the mustard based and we have the ketchup based in North Carolina. But I, I just like the I like Texas brisket. Dry really rub, do. baby. Yeah, more than 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 you know the Kansas City or or the California style. I mean, if, if I have to here locally, I go for the ketchup based. I'm not really that mustard is a little too sharp for me. And in Michigan, they practically say anything you cook on the grill is a barbecue, right, David? So it's a hamburger That's barbecue. It's a, <laughs> a hamburger barbecue. It's they say let's have a barbecue, and all they're saying is. Just, bring out the charcoal but uh david what's your favorite barbecue uh you know something with a vinegar base Ooh, he grew yeah. up in north carolina yeah so so the carolina stuff really appeals to me I, basically i don't want to i don't want to name it you know put, put a name on it or anything but just anything that has the vinegar base and a little bit of mustard and and uh yeah mm. that's that's the kind of barbecue i love now we're all hungry and we're going to talk sports but uh, we're going to talk NFL. When when I was watching the championship games, AFC, NFC, I was like, this is the time when I want to eat really, really well. I looked around, and all I had was Chex Mix and Diet Coke. Man, that was really sad. But NFL was here, and we'll start off with the NFC game that maybe no one saw coming. Ernest, come on. You are always predicting this. Did you foresee Aaron Rodgers losing to Tommy Brady and the Bucks? I didn't think LaFleur was that bad a coach, but he certainly is. And I kind of wonder if this is going to cost him a quarterback. I, I mean, the, the first of all, there were two horrible decisions. Mike Pettin, who was the defensive coordinator, you got six seconds left to go. And they were afraid in the first of, half. In the first half. And they're afraid of giving up a field goal, which would have given a seven-point lead to Tampa Bay. And so normally that situation, you play like a shell four, you put your safeties on the goal line, you bring your corners off about 20 yards, and you just keep the ball in front of you. If they get a field goal, they get a field goal. You're still only down seven points. No, what do they do? They go man-to-man and and get burnt and give up not only a touchdown with, with at halftime, it just killed the momentum because you had a situation where you were to come out the Packers are going to have the ball to start the second half. And then the decision on fourth and six with a little over two minutes to go to kick the field goal instead of going for the touchdown. And yes, you had to get the two point conversion. I mean, even, even Aaron Rodgers said he would not have called the play he called on third down if he knew they weren't going for it on fourth. So that is such Aaron Rodgers. Who's calling the plays? There was a play suggested. He called his own play, but David, you got to admit that was some shaky. I mean, 
both losing coaches yesterday, I know we'll get to the AFC, showed an extraordinary amount of timidness. I think it's the, it's entire the, it's the inexperience. There's, there's pros and cons when it comes to hiring these new, young, you know, hot rod head coaches, you know, in the Sean McVay, um, you know, pattern where you get these guys who have dynamic offensive systems, which the old guard of the NFL is not really ready for yet, right? It's taken them by surprise. However, when it comes to crunch time like this, this is why you hire an older older coach who has more experience, who is more ready for the situation. I mean, how many tight, close playoff games has Andy Reid coached in you know, throughout his career, you know, versus... Um, you know, ver- versus Matt LaFleur. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is the point where the experience really comes in and, and shows itself. And then you also need a quarterback who's not going to blame everyone else when they lose. You know, Tom Brady doesn't blame other people. All right, have a disclaimer lose. now. You are a long-time hater of Aaron Rodgers. I, I just don't think it's a coincidence. And Bruce, Bruce Aarons is an experienced coach yes and he, he is and he, i mean look at his experience so, you, so you're proving the even, point exactly even though it looks like he's wearing a defibrillator on the <laughs> sidelines i don't know what that is i mean obviously they're worried about him keeling over during the game but go ahead you know and and he actually made the decision during the season to adapt the offense to what brady can do because historically aaron's has been throw deep you know no biscuit no risk it or no risk it, no biscuit. That's kind of his philosophy. And he's actually handed over the offense to Brady. Brady is the, kind of the uh, namesake offensive coordinator for the Buccaneers right now. Seems to me he threw a deep quite a bit. I mean, they were questioning if Brady could throw the deep ball early and, in the and, season, and, and uh, it sure times, looks like it. And three times in the second half, it didn't work out too well, did it? <laughs> Yeah, but there were yeah, some yeah. tip balls and first, otherwise. The first quarterback to throw three interceptions in the second half of a playoff game and still win. Uh, so. so who's at fault the most for the Packers losing that game? Is it Rodgers? Is it Lafleur? Or is it the defensive coordinator, Ernest? I might say all three. Uh, I think you take away that, that play at halftime, and then you don't have to make a decision with, less, with two minutes to go. Mike Patton, again, that's... That's the kind of decision that got Williams, the defensive coordinator for the Jets, fired this season. Remember when they were playing Oakland? Mm -hmm. He did the same stupid thing, and they fired him Monday morning. That was a fireable offense. That is where you let the defensive coordinator go. Again, people playing Madden know better than that. That's that's a fundamentally – that is a horrible mistake – but I doesn't Rodgers have some culpability here? Because he had three downs where it looked like he could have run at least one of those three closer to the goal line if not get in. And I was thinking, run, run, run. What are you doing? He used to be fast. He used to be mobile. That's what one of the dangers of Rodgers, and he's not doing it anymore. David, which one of the three gets the most blame? I definitely think all three do deserve some blame. But at the end of the day, it comes to the players on the field, right? And this isn't just a critique of Aaron Rodgers because I like to bash him, which is mostly done in jest um, because he's obviously <laughs> he's obviously one of the most talented quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, he's the Kyrie Irving of the NFL. Uh, you, you know, he he's such a great talent, like an all-time great talent. 
but he's lost the last four NFC Championship games he's played in. Um, and every time he loses, he always looks to blame other people. He's always taking shots at other people. Nothing is ever his fault. You know, it, it comes down to, to at the end of the day, you're going to take responsibility for yourself, and you're going to be a leader for the team. Will Tom he be Brady, back in Green Bay, yes or no? Yes, he'll be back in no. Green Bay. No. He just wanted to take shots at the GM. He's going to yeah. be back. I, I don't I mean, where is he going to – I guess San Francisco maybe because he grew up a San Francisco 49ers fan. So I guess could make some sense. But I don't think he's going to force his way out of Green Bay. They've got a great team. They could very easily be back in the Super Bowl you know, next year you know, if they can win an NFC championship game again. Uh, they've obviously got a great system with the head coach who I think just needs seasoned experience in the playoffs. You know, that, That's what it came down to for him. The system, the coach are great for Aaron Rodgers. He'd be silly to move on, I think. You know, we posed the question last year's last week's podcast, excuse me, <laughs> whether Drew Brees and Peyton had underachieved. And you got to say that Rodgers has underachieved with the numbers and the stats he's had with only one Super Bowl championship. Wouldn't you agree? Dave? Well, did it look like Kyrie Irving? Well, it looked like he wasn't playing quite as good yesterday as the week before. And I think we have to give the Bucks defense some credit here. Um, they looked like they were on fire. They looked a step faster than Green Bay. Green Bay looked a little tight. The fumbles. Um, you know, Tampa Bay made it to Aaron Rodgers a few times. I was really surprised. And I think you have to give credit for the Bucks as well as they kept Gronk in to block. And ever since they've been doing that the last several weeks, Tommy Brady has time to throw it to different people. And I think you just got to give a lot of credit that, once again, if you're the team that's hot and peaking, you go farther. And I don't think many of us would have said Tampa Bay would be in the Super Bowl four weeks ago. Or I just want I Tony wanna, Romo did. Tony Romo. Did. I want to point this each out. Other. Can I just point this out right quick? You were talking about how Aaron Rodgers had all these opportunities to run, you know, get get to the goal line, get the first down, et cetera, et cetera. He's such a great talent, but at the end of the day. NFL quarterbacks who have more game-winning drives than Aaron Rodgers in NFL history, Andy Dalton, Jay Cutler, Ooh. Terry Collins, Jake Plummer, Ouch. Warren Moon, you know, Frank Tarkenton. Frank Tarkenton. Fran, well, don't put a K on it. Fran. Fran Tarkenton went to four Super Bowls. Yeah, so yeah. I, he's a Hall of Famer. So, so don't, 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 don't throw no, Frank you're, Tarkenton. You know, you know, I was I – was, I was misplacing him for Archie Manning in my mind. So that that's what I was doing. That that was a mistake by me. But all I'm saying, you know, Andy Dalton, Brad Johnson, Brad Brad Johnson Jay, Jay Cutler. Yeah, but Brad Johnson's Brad Johnson. I mean, come on now. They have more game winning drives. They're players you could trust in clutch situations. Aaron Rodgers is behind all of those guys and he played longer than most of them. I mean, come on. Those guys no. have pretty good wide receivers. Probably better wide receivers yes. than Rodgers has had. Jay Cutler that goes back to management. That goes to management of Green Bay. They have not given him the pieces around. Whoa! I mean, he he's won plenty, but it's a matter of in in game winning clutch situations. Can you trust Aaron Rodgers to make the right decision? No. And when he doesn't make the right decision, what does he do? Blame other people. That's I think, that's it. I think the injury to David Bacalaw was bigger than we thought. He's a pro bowler. Left tackle. Because Shaq, yeah, Shaq Barrett was in the backfield. Oh, there was one play, like, how could he not be offsides? Because he was past the offensive tackle 
before the snap count. And they slowed it down and showed he was just getting a great jump off the ball every time. Uh, the offensive line really betrayed them in that respect. And, you know, Tampa's had injuries and they're getting healthy except for one wide receiver. Okay, here's 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 a fun thing. Sorry, one more thing. Jake Del Home has one fewer game-winning <laughs> drive than You Aaron had to Rogers. throw a Carolina oh, Panther quarterback yeah, in played, there. He played three fewer NFL seasons. And how many of those did he actually start? You know, he played three fewer NFL seasons and didn't start until, what, three or four years How into his career? How can you say that about Aaron Rodgers when we see him but throw now, bombs against the Lions because he doesn't Because he doesn't make game-winning drives. And, and I guarantee you, you there's 25 game-winning drives, at least eight of them came against the Lions. I'm, like, not <laughs> even kidding you. Like, but now, just, but to, to, to be real now, name, name Jay Cutler, Jake DeLome, Brad Johnson, Aaron Rodgers, they all have one Super Bowl appearance, so they do have that in common. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they're all winning quarterbacks, and this is the point. They None of them were as spectacular or as athletic as Aaron Rodgers, but they all played for winning teams who could rely on them, average quarterbacks, to make the right decision and, make, and be clutch, you know, when it mattered most. And of the 25 game-winning drives for Aaron Rodgers, six of them came against the Lions. All right, so Aaron yeah. Rodgers, we've probably talked about him enough. Well, well can I throw one more before we go? Well, I want to talk about Tom Brady just a tad bit. I know well, we're a little tired of me, him. but Okay, well, let me real quick like, uh, well, this goes Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers now have the same number of NFC championships. <laughs> and and it, here's, here's one that will really grind some people's gears. Um Brett Favre has twice as many NFL cha- NFC championships as Aaron Rodgers. Remember, he went to a Super Bowl twice. Right. Yep, he sure did. Now to Tommy Terrific. Well, so since you know the Bucks won, you come, it's like politics. You have your haters of Tommy Brady because he's won so much. Not so much of who he is, but he just seems too perfect or he has it together. And I think it's underestimated how much he's made himself to who he is. I mean, he is the ultimate Cinderella story, right? You know, sixth round, uh, had to play his way in when the quarterback got injured, uh, continues to play well past everybody else quits. I mean, most of the time you'd be celebrating this guy, but I think the winning that he's done so much it's like sour grapes. We want to see him lose. So the question is, in the Super Bowl, how many people, percentage of Americans, will be rooting for the Bucks, Ernest? Oh, most will be rooting for the Chiefs. I'll say 67% will be rooting for the Chiefs. All right, David? Oh, yeah, 80%. I think the Chiefs are still such a likable story, which is crazy. It, it reminds me of the second year of the Golden State Warriors when they actually lost to the Cavaliers in 2016. Before they got Kevin Durant, you know they're the best team in NBA history, and they were so likable. Everyone was loving them, uh, even though they didn't win the championship. Even though they had Draymond Green. Yeah, it was it was the pre pre dynasty, but still like such a good story as champions. Uh, That's what the Chiefs feel like right now. Yeah, but I mean, and also so many people hate Tom Brady. I'm not one of them. I gotta say, I like Tom Brady. It looks like a does that make, make Tyreek Hill the Draymond Green? <laughs> of, I mean, because Tyreek was convicted of, you know, physically abusing a female. I mean, let's let's not get forgetful here. This guy has a bad history, and it, it tends to get washed out a little bit for a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, well, if, if you're signing up for American football in the first place as a fan, 
um, you're accepting some some moral critiques of American society that go uh, already baked into the system. So I, mean, I, he, I think he of that. Beat up, he beat up a 20 year old pregnant girlfriend. I mean, that's I mean that that is the facts. And and with all this, we tend to forget that. I mean, he's not a good person. But we're in a country of second chances. And right now, I think I want to move on to what will the Bucks need to do to beat the Chiefs besides make sure Mahomes is in a stretcher? I mean, what, I mean, what can the Bucks do? <laughs> well, first off, Chad Henney, the superior quarterback of that of those two, uh, would come in and run for 100 yards and, and – and be the best Michigan <laughs> yeah, right. game-winning quarter, Super Bowl-winning quarterback of all time. Are you taking yeah, pain meds? Right. What's up? <laughs> okay, uh, you are talking about a team that is twenty-five and one with Mahomes quarterback. I'm just teasing. Ernest, 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 what's your what, what? What do you think? What do you think? I uh, well, you look at the only team to beat him this year with Mahomes starting, and that was the L, uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Is you keep you the ball alive? I almost did it. I did it. I was going to say Los Angeles. That's even worse. Uh, you keep the ball away. I mean, you have to run the ball. They, the the Buccaneers have to use uh, Ronald Jones and uh, Leonard Fournette. And they've got to run the ball. They've got to load, throw some short passes. They've got to use the clock. They, they didn't do that against Green Bay. Green Bay had like a two-to-one in time of possession. And if you do that against Kansas City, you're going to lose by at least two touchdowns. So you got to keep the ball. You keep Mahomes on the sideline. You know, you can't really throw many touchdowns when you're sitting on the bench. So you've got to keep them off. They've got to get an early lead. Uh, I don't think you can come back. Uh, hey, Buffalo got an early lead and still lost. Well, you know, so did the Texans last year, and so did uh, the Titans last year, too. I mean, that's that's it. Kansas City can just turn it on at all times, and if they get Watt, Sammy Watkins back, I mean, their best wide, second best wide receiver has been out for about six months. I have been impressed by the improvement of their defense, particularly the defensive backfield. Now, what's going to hurt is Eric Fisher blowing out his Achilles tendon, who's probably the best offensive lineman. But uh, Hele at, 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 at running back, they're deeper at running back. I think their defensive backfield, and I won't let David talk about the honey badger, but I think the defense looks a lot better than last year. This is a better team than the team that won the Super Bowl. Does that guarantee they're going to win the Super Bowl? No, because things happen. But uh, I, I don't think this is a good matchup for Tampa Bay, even though they're going to be the first Super Bowl team to play on their home field. I don't think that's going to matter that much because most of the tickets are sold to or divided among all the other teams. David, any chance the Brady does his magic one more time? Oh, yeah, of course. The Super Bowl is fluky. Fluky things happen. You know, all the time every year. Was it two years ago when the Rams and the Patriots played and nobody scored a touchdown for for how long? For um, three quarters. Yeah, those so fluky things are just bound to happen in football games. And the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL if nothing fluky happens. You can always guarantee it. So the the main thing for me is you have to keep it a one score game into the fourth quarter and have the ball last. That's that's. It that I mean that's just the the bare bones facts about it. Just you need to keep it a one score game. Keep it weird. Keep things weird. You know, a fumble here, fumble there, interception, whatever. Um, and just try to have the ball last and give it to Tom Brady and let him do his magic. Because if it's a one score game and it's close, 
both quarterbacks uh, are the best, you know, in clutch situations. We we're just talking about Aaron Rodgers, but you can, on the other side of the spectrum, look at Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and both say, wow, like you trust those guys a hundred times out of a hundred to make the right reads, to make the right plays and lead their team down the field with a man and a half left down five points. You know, both those guys have proven they can do it in the Super Bowl. Um, so that's that's kind of it. You just have to keep it close, keep it weird, do crazy things, and, and keep the Chiefs uh, on their heels. You so know, you, you and definitely the cliche, the cliche is turnovers. I mean, we always right. trot that out, right? Turnovers, but I think the fact that Mahomes has a mobility that Rodgers did not show last night, and the fact that that Brady is in, based in the pocket. And Kansas City can bring with Chris Jones a lot of pressure. Uh, we see what happened in the second half when the Packers started getting pressure on Brady. He threw three picks. And that doesn't bode well uh, with a team like Kansas City. Well, the Chiefs know Brady so well. I mean, they got over the oh, hump when they beat year. the Patriots. They I mean, it, and they played this and, year. So there's no fear factor involved. And the question is, Bruce Arians, is he going to do a lot of trick plays? Is he going to be really aggressive and go for it? Um, that's the question I have. But I expect Chiefs win by at least 14, if not 17. Um, but it'll be interesting. So here's a really big question. We talked about it several weeks ago. The week, the weekend is, is doing the halftime entertainment, you know, and, is that going to be any good? Are you guys going to watch the halftime entertainment? Or are you going to get up and do yeah, something else? I, I yeah. never watch the halftime entertainment. I don't. I don't care. Actually, I slipped over to an NBA game at halftime of both games yesterday. So. I have a story for you, Ernest. I have a story All for right. you. Um, when the Patriots played the Panthers and the Super Bowl, was it 2005? Yeah, he's a half, halftime show with Justin Timberlake and. Um, Oh, Janet Jackson. Jackson. Yes, Janet Jackson. Very revealing um, show. Yes, my parents were upstairs. And I was downstairs watching the game, getting angry <laughs> that the Patriots were losing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is a true story during <laughs> halftime. You weren't show. at my house if you were rooting for the Patriots, but go ahead. <laughs> no, I was so mad that the Panthers were losing. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was cheering for the Panthers all the way. Um, but the, the halftime show started, and I was just kind of bored by it or whatever. So I, I actually turned it. Uh, and started playing video games on my other little TV that I had. Um, and I go upstairs about 15 minutes later, and my parents are just mortified in the living room. Uh, and I remember my mom being like, um, did you watch the halftime show? And my dad was just kind of like laughing to himself. Um, and I had no idea what they were talking about. I, did, I had no idea at all what, what happened in, in any way, sense or form, until I went to school the next day. Um, of course, everyone was talking about We just about want to keep point. you abreast of the situation. Yes, that's right. Well, I was, and I was, what, 13, 14 at the time. But I totally, totally missed it. Did not know it happened. I accidentally missed that moment in life. Um, well, they say they're featuring the weekend. They're going to have other performers as well. But still, I think very few people are going to watch. I'm not going to watch. Ernest, uh, what do you think about the halftime show? Well, that one? That one with the... the... Uh, about the... This one. That one was a ripoff. No, I, <laughs> I, I, I won't watch. I'll flip over to something else for a while. I, I mean, unless it's a performer I want to see, I don't. 
it's it's bloated. It's way too long. And it, again, it's, I'm getting to the point where I don't even watch pregame shows anymore. How about commercials, just, Super Bowl commercials? That used to be a big deal, and now they start showing the commercials like two hours before the game. Do you see how many firms are pulling out? Budweiser's not doing one. Uh, who else? There are about three of the biggest. Uh, Pepsi-Cola's not doing a commercial this year. They basically have said that, you know, because of the current state our country's in, they didn't feel like it was appropriate to do something cute, funny, and something like that. They'll do a lot of PR types of things. Of Are you course. kidding? This is the time we need it more than ever. Oh, no, I'm serious. Budweiser, Pepsi, and ah. there's a third big one that are not, not doing I think GM's not doing a commercial this year. I mean, they have not sold all the commercial time, which is the first time that's happened since probably the early 70s. Mm. That's, it's the nature of things. But that goes into the next. Can I throw up a subject? Yep, go for it. All right. I think we're going to see three starting Pro Bowl quarterbacks playing for different teams next year. Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, and Aaron Rodgers. Oh, really? I, I think Rodgers has crossed a bridge here. So, Ernest, do you think there'll be three quarterbacks, three All Pro quarterbacks, and new teams this year? So, you got Aaron Rodgers going where? I think Frisco, or I, I got a feeling they're going to send him to the AFC. I don't think the Packers want to meet him during the regular season. Remember now, when, when the divorce with, with Favre, uh, they made it kind of well-known that they weren't going to necessitate. And again, he was really a free agent, but they weren't going to let him go to a team in the same conference. So I got a feeling he's going to go to the AFC, and I wouldn't be totally shocked to see him playing for the Denver Broncos. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Or, or the radars. Hmm. So where's Stafford going, David? Yeah, for, for me, the 49ers do make the most sense. You know, uh, obviously, I think for any good quarterback, they would make the most sense. Uh, you know, one year away from the Super Bowl, uh, Kyle Shanahan is, is an awesome offensive mind. Um, they have some draft picks. You know, Washington, with Ron Rivera, what a good coach. You know, you could trust that your team is going to be structured in a way that can help you win games, which Stafford has not had the most help from coaches in his career um, or GMs in his career. The only thing is, does he want to go from Detroit to Washington? I mean, you talk about franchises. Yeah. That's if I'm Stafford, I want to play for winners. You know, an indie could be fun. I definitely want to see him with teams that, that have – win now mindsets and are, and are built and the Colts are so ready you know their quarterback with, with Andrew Luck who knows what they could have done this year um I mean Philip Rivers was good but I mean what about me Watson? Throw, well, well before we leave Stafford let me throw in the wild card out maybe he wants to go home oh I've done with Matt Ryan in Atlanta Dallas oh he was on the same baseball team as uh yeah, but doesn't it make perfect Kershaw. sense to go to Houston though, in a way? Because but, but he could go and it'd be cheaper for the Cowboys. They free oh. themselves of Dak. They don't know if Dak's going to be okay. Him. Okay, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the Cowboys have the pieces, and and Houston is a toxic franchise. That's but you're in the, the same as Detroit. 
I'm just saying Stafford is going to get to pick his spot, but I do think the Lions are going to have to have a – or at least going to have to get something. And the Cowboys can't offer what the 49ers or the Colts could offer. Or even the Patriots for that matter. David, if he's in Dallas, they win the NFC East. When you get the playoffs, record doesn't matter. You'll have a home field for the first game if you win the conference. Stafford sends Dallas to the playoffs. Ernest, Ernest, I I would love to see Stafford in literally any other jersey. (laughs) The the Dallas Literally any other jersey. It's still still blue and gold, blue and silver. That would make it worse. I've I've, I've even thought about, like, oh, it just wouldn't look right to see him in the Colts unis because they're just too similar. Well, well, is Detroit the situation that they're going to send him to the AFC? No, they don't. I don't think. I don't think it matters as long as it's not in division. So, like the Bears, the, the Bears would be the only team off limits that would probably. Ooh, the uh, I don't, you think they trade them somebody in their own? Division? No, no, that's no, what I'm they saying. Won't. I'm saying they won't. Yeah. I'm saying okay. they won't. That's the only team that needs a quarterback that they will not trade to. Uh, the you know the Texans are a toxic franchise. Stafford's looking for a winner, so it's got to be the 49ers, the Broncos, or the Colts, with maybe New England. I think that's. Yeah, not Miami. You think Miami's on Watson? No. You know, oh. if he's on Miami. Miami's a playoff team. Is, my, is Miami already giving up on Tua? I know. I know a lot of people are pessimistic, but are they already giving up on Tua? Yeah, I think a lot of people have. I mean, already. Nowadays, look how fast the Cardinals gave up on Rosen. I mean, I, mean, yeah. I agree. I agree, but like, you man. don't get that two or three years these days. I mean, it's it's. They invest so much in a quarterback that you've got to produce when they put you on the field. And if you don't, then they look for someone else. I mean, there there is no waiting time. As much as the they as much as the cap as they commit kind of, you know, they have. And even that initial rookie contract is smaller than what they'll get later on. But they'll change in a heartbeat. Again, you know, look at Rosen. Man, that's I mean, I mean as a, it, it, as a GM, the, you're on a short leash if you if you give that up already. Who's who's the first one to fall? I mean, we haven't got to Watson yet, but it does because whoever of these three goes first, that's going to limit the options for the other two. Or Stafford will go first. Stafford will go first because because Traffic. the, fr- the franchise and the quarterback are on the same page. Now remember, Miami has a number four pick, mm. and that would appeal to Detroit because then Detroit has, if I remember correctly, Detroit would have the fourth pick and the sixth pick in the draft mm. if they traded from Miami, and they got Tua and the number four pick. So they get a young quarterback, and maybe they can look at someone like a Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Uh, I mean, there 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 are options there, but. Two top six draft picks for Stafford is not a bad. That, that's Miami's advantage is I think they have the most most to offer any of these to get these three quarterbacks. Hmm. And you, we used to talk a lot about the Jets and Darnold was leaving. And they were going to get Lawrence, and that's changed. And then we used to talk about the Carson Wentz at uh, Philadelphia that he was leaving, but that changed with the coach being fired. So, boy, quarterback is such a key position as we continue to see over and over again. Do we have an idea of what the Jets are going to do, Ernest? I got a feeling that they're not going to give up on Darnold, and they may look for some defensive help. I mean, they're the least talented team out there. 
So they may trade back and see if they can get multiple picks for that number two pick. And maybe whoever misses out on the Stafford, Watson, Rogers uh, auctions may trade up to get a Justin Fields or get a Trey Lawrence or get the, the Wilson kid from BYU. Mm. So I think we're going to see these moves pretty fast. And the draft is in, I think, the last week of April, first week in May. So we're, we're looking, we're generally going to be the first week of February. So I think we're I, going to see some fast moves. I don't see the Aaron Rodgers thing happening at all, but if it does happen, I would say that that would probably be the one that happens last. So they got love, the quarterback. But doesn't so the NFL stop them from doing anything until after the Super Bowl because they don't want the – Oh, yeah, well, they're going to talk. I mean, it's not as bad as the NBA. <laughs> Which talk. is our next topic, yeah. Uh, yeah, the NBA, I mean, there are no rules. I mean, guys – during the season, they go ahead and talk to other teams about where they want to go. Right. So, uh, I mean, nowadays with social uh, contacts and, and the social network, it's impossible to really uh, over a team in any sport to to govern whether or not they go within dead times. I mean, coaches get busted with this all the time in sports. Well, the NFL season's just about to end, and we'll be totally focused on basketball and hockey, right, Ernest? And the NBA continues to be the drama that never ends, and with the beard going to to New Jersey, or Brooklyn, excuse me, wow, I did it too, and then Irving missing a few games, boy, that just looks like a train wreck waiting to happen. Oh, we'll, oh, not only that, Paul, they got beat twice in a row by Cleveland. I know, I heard that. And then LeBron, it looks like he's cruising right now. I saw them beat the Bucks the other night, and they look like they're just you know in gear, and they're going to cruise right through. So, David, as we stand right now, what is the biggest story in the NBA? Oh, yeah, it's got to be James Harden. I mean, I mean, have you ever seen a fat man play in the NBA so, <laughs> so successfully before? Charles Barkley. Moses Malone. Uh, and not uh, move like not move Robert, like James Harden. Robert Trailer. Yeah, you can be <laughs> I mean, I, I Bob Lanier. Uh, all right, let's go. Oh my fat, God. Let's go. We, you're talking to two fat ball. old men, so we know a lot of fat men. Say. Yeah, well, yeah, it's still pretty impressive to do what he's doing. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's the Brooklyn drama because you've got the three most volatile superstars in the NBA up together, which Kevin Durant actually is not that volatile. He and if looks you look at pretty career, calm compared to the other two. Yeah, he, he's always made calculated, smart decisions with his career, and he's always worked hard, and he's never had a work ethic issue. Um, you know, it's just the, the injury now that, that could could potentially mess him up. Kyrie is just such a wild card, you know, he's in every way, but they're going to be good. I mean, they don't have any depth whatsoever, whatsoever, but they're going to smash the Bucks in the playoffs. Colin Sexton, I think, the Cavs, if the Cavs were in Los Angeles, they might be the biggest story of the year uh, as well because Colin Sexton all of a sudden looks like he's up there, you know, uh, being one of the next great guards in the NBA along with like the De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton level. Not quite John Morant level, but he's definitely proving himself. Uh, He is not scared at all. He rejected Kevin Durant on on a dunk the other night. It's like, oh my gosh, this this kid is incredible. Um, So they're fun. They're 500. Uh, They're a good basketball team. The New York Knicks having a winning record. um, Yeah, but how long before their coach wears them out? Because he plays the starters 48 minutes. I mean, yeah, but they're at least they're at least watchable. 
or at least watchable again. And R.J. Barrett is actually learning from a competent head coach, uh, an organization that often does not hire competent head coaches. So that's something. Well, Atlanta's at 500 team. There's a lot of 500 or near 500 teams. It's, to me, the big story is COVID. I mean, it just continues. Look at the number of games. And then you got idiots like uh, Bama Bayo and who was it was trying Kyrie. to trade jerseys. Kyrie. Yeah. Of course it's Kyrie. Trade, Kyrie trading jerseys. Again, I think he has mental problems. I'm seriously. I'm, yes, the guy he, is brain dead. He, he is – He's going to implode this team, and you know their lack of interior defense. David, I mean, I them, don't disagree. But the thing is, going to kill them. Uh, listen, wait till Boston plays them. Well, here's the thing: I buyouts. You know, buyouts are a way that team, really good teams with no cap space, you know, get better. And, and the Lakers roster is really secure. They're not going to be able to add anyone. Uh, and Brooklyn, you know, is location with with great players. And buyout players are going to be like, hey, I can get a lot of playing time going to Brooklyn, being half decent. You know, so so the buyout market is where they're going to get better and they'll, they'll bulk up. Uh, I don't, you know, unless Boston stays healthy and does their thing, I don't see anyone stopping Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference. Uh, can we also say oh, oh, Philadelphia? I don't. I, do you trust Ben Simmons in a playoff series? No. Um, no, but I like uh, who's the little uh, Maxi, the little guard they got. Uh, he has been fun. Yeah, he's dynamic. He's I mean, definitely... they're, they're they're playing more like a team, and they have some three point shooting. Harris, who disappeared, who went in the Bermuda Triangle last year, Tobias Harris is actually playing like he did when he was with the Clippers. And yes. So, so I, again, Philadelphia's getting better. I mean, I Doc trust. does have problems in the playoffs. I you, Doc has problems in the playoffs. Ben Simmons has problems in the playoffs. Yeah, Joel Embiid can't ben play Simmons four quarters. Blown, ben Simmons hasn't blown three three to one game leads like can uh, we, Doc has. Can we also say another fun story in the NBA? Lamelo um, Ball is just so much fun. He's I so know, raw, but he just has he has the instincts. You know, of, of an all-time great passer. He's so young, so raw, but he's going to make more All-Star games than Zion Williamson will, who is Can another I? story in the NBA. Who he's he's like eighty percent of the player he was at Duke. Um, he's just he's going to be an average NBA player, which is Can crazy. I you, Can I give you my old man analogy here? Uh, ball reminds me of two ball players, and one of these is going to sound like heresy. Uh, don't say but Pete. He, don't say Pete. Pete. That's what he's no, gonna no, no, say. No, not Pete. Not Pete. Uh, his full court passing, the ability. Well, there you go. I was gonna go Magic. His ability to rebound as a guard reminds me of Magic Johnson. The other is his ability to throw full court passes and hit guys right in stride. Reminds me of a guy that really didn't do that well as a pro, but as a college. And that was Ernie D. Gregorio, who played for Providence in the seventies. Was all American. <laughs> this guy would take one step in bounds and hit. Marvin and Bad News Barnes in stride for dunks repeatedly. And I've seen Ball do this. Now, he's going to get a little bit better on defense, and his shot is ugly, but he's hitting over 33% of his threes. Listen, he's, he's holding his own, and he's a young 19. You know, oh, he's, yeah. he's young 19. He looks it. He looks like a child out there compared to everyone else. But he's so lanky. He, he has the size. He's going to grow into his body. I mean – he is everything you could ever hope for 
uh, in a rookie talent. And you look at, um, oh, the next Anthony Bennett up in Minnesota. Um, who was number one overall draft pick? Uh, How Georgia. quickly we forget, huh? Um, yeah. He's looking so bad. I mean, he's, he's – the other night he was like 5 of 17 shooting from the field with no rebounds and no assists. In the eighties, in the eighties, he would have been a perfect guard. I mean, yeah. the game has changed. I mean, there's uh, Tyrese Halliburton plays. He looks the great. Game. Oh, yeah. he looks. I mean, there's some good-looking rookies. I like the kid in, in uh, the Warriors. I think he's going to develop. I know Wiseman. that Alan Miller Wiseman. I think Wiseman's going to be. I don't know if he'll ever be an all-star, but I think he's going to be a competent. He he reminds me a little bit of a. Uh, some of the, you know, uh, some of these six ten guys, these, these three and D guys. I don't think he's a center. I think he's more of a, a three Chris Bosh style type of guy. Yeah, Bosh is a good analogy. I like that. He reminds me a lot of Chris Bosh. All right, if Lamelo is has the most promising future, who is the most overrated uh, star in the NBA right now? Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson. Ooh. Zion it's- Williamson. I was he's a six get, foot. He's a he's yeah, a three hundred pound six was, foot six center who was, doesn't block. Play defense. Gonna, I was going to go to the guy that everybody compares him to, who's in Detroit. Oh, Blake's not overrated. He's just broken down. That's it. He's just he's just yeah. and that's what's going to have to Zion too. It's a shame uh, because again, guys like that are just revolutionary in that respect. Uh, it's it's. A lot of guys that you'd say are overrated have injury problems, like Wall. I mean, it's there's a lot of guys that uh, – the guy at Orlando. Oh, Lord. I can't, name just escapes me. He uh, – uh, what's the forward's name, David? It plays for Orlando. What's Aaron Gordon. Name? I'm sorry. I was yeah, Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, I think, is overrated. Yeah, yeah, but they're, they're in the same and then, But you look at someone like – we thought the same about Josh Randall and you get the right coach and, and Randall's playing like an all-star for the Knicks. But here's the thing. Those are great comparisons for Zion Williamson, but he, those are the best comparisons. If he stays healthy, if he's able to lose weight and stay as explosive on the offensive end, and if he loses weight, he's probably not going to be as explosive and be able to bully players on the offensive side. And also the ceiling for building a team around those pieces is just not there. You, there's just a, there's there's a low ceiling. You, you're a fourth or a fifth seed at best. At, at best, Zion Williamson could be the third best player on a championship team, right? Which is so he's not the best player on his team right now. That's I, exactly yeah. And yeah. Ingram is the best player on that team. You're not going to win a title building around Zion. So all the hype for number one overall draft pick. He's supposed to be you know potential all time great. He's just not. It's the same. He reminds me of Reggie Bush coming out of college, um, where Reggie Bush was revolutionary at USC because he's just the most athletic player you've ever seen. But you put him on a field with a bunch of professional athletes who are all drafted specifically because of their athletic prowess. And all of a sudden, Reggie Bush can't run circles around everyone. That's how it is in Zion. I thought the comparison was because both of them were accused of boosters from their school buying their parents a house. <laughs> well, Ernest knows all the crime reports of all the athletes. I'm sorry. They made, you know, that was why Bush had to turn in his, uh, his Heisman Trophy, and that's why Zion was sued. Because the accusation was Nike bought their parents a house and funded his dad's AAU basketball team. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can we clear this with legal tonight? <laughs> well, legal is telling me in my ear right now that we got to get to our last few good minutes oh, and we'll okay. wrap it up for tonight. There's plenty of basketball to come. We hope, we pray, because right now COVID is delaying a bunch of games. Um, the Michigan athletics all across the University of Michigan is closed down for two weeks. And that's a killer for us because the basketball team is playing great with John Juan Howard as the coach anyway so we'll do the best we can so Ernest, your last few good minutes oh i could do bummers like the fact that i don't think the ncaa will play the championship because of what's happened to michigan i don't think teams are going to finish their regular season schedules and if you've looked at what they've come up with is they're going to play uh the sweet 16 in the uh, elite eight back to back so teams will have in essence have to play four games in eight days which is ridiculous, but uh, and I don't think the Olympics are going to be covered. But so let me give you some good news. All right, <laughs> here on January twenty fifth, two thousand and twenty one, for the first time ever, the Orlando Magic, Charlotte Hornets basketball game, the officiating crew will be mostly female. For the first time, we'll have two female referees of the three man. And we can't call it a three man team, can we? The three person team. And this little thing has slid by, and people haven't really noticed, but it just shows how the NBA has been all-inclusive in, in many aspects. I don't know. They, I think we've been making passes at girls a long time at the courtyard. Well, we still, <laughs> they still have cheerleaders, which is an issue. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like uh, John Oliver has this thing where he does on his show last week tonight. I'm giving a plug, John. Throw some money this way. Uh, it, why, why is this still a thing? and cheerleaders at professional sports. Why is this still a thing? Aren't we past this? I mean, do we really need cheerleaders anymore? Is this, you know, the Celtics Are you trying to get me in trouble, Ernest? Is that what you're doing? Yeah, no, I see, see, like, the dance teams uh, for NBA, and they're they're, they're just pure entertainment. Why? Why are we doing this? I mean, the, the commercial break entertainment, you know, that's that's I think slightly different than cheerleaders for like professional teams, which I don't do. Do any NFL teams besides the Cowboys still have cheerleaders? Oh yeah, the Panthers do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the only team that doesn't is the Packers, right? All right, oh. Ernest, last comment or two now, and then we'll turn to David. Oh, that was it. That okay. was it. I did my old man ramble. I give it to David now. Sorry. Oh, yeah, it is such a bummer that Michigan had to shut down all their sports programs, especially when you consider that the hockey team has one of its best teams they've had in the past decade. The basketball team may be the best team they've had, even compared to the Beeline era. Um, Women's gymnastics is top 10 nationally. You know, a lot of things are just going really well, the Michigan Athletic Department, and uh, one positive case from, from a team that was not either of those three um, and the state of Michigan decides to shut down the whole thing, um, which I am generally pro all things COVID measures. And, and even though I'm sad about this, I'm not going to complain about it. No, uh, no. Because this is all about the safety of the individual. But man, I am just so ready to be done with COVID. I, can we just get these vaccines out, please? Because I need the NCAA tournament this March. Um and I will be so extremely bummed if we can't. And there's no way the Olympics happen, which is such a bummer. I, I mean, it's one of, one of my favorite times every four years. I I would love for them to push it back another year and we get like a double Olympics. Um, probably not feasible. I don't know what country of Japan is, is 
thinking about doing at this point in time. Don't wouldn't blame them if they just want to call it a loss. Um, but man, that would just be the worst, biggest bummer. You think you feel so bad for all the athletes who have worked their entire lives for the one moment they get one time because Olympians oftentimes don't make it to multiple Olympics. Um, just having this experience ruined, just like in college basketball, if players were forced to miss two tournaments during their career, that would just be the worst. David, how about high school athletes? Those are the ones I really feel bad for. Yeah, how about the referees who are looking to make a paycheck this this fall, uh, this winter, this spring, and they keep on pushing back the season? Uh, basketball was supposed to come back middle of January here in, in Michigan, and, and it got pushed back to February 4th. And then this past week, they pushed it back to February 24th. And I'm just sitting here as a referee waiting to uh, ref some games and make some money. <laughs> I want to see you going down the street, and then you see a pickup game and start refereeing it. Yeah, well, no, you it, have a problem. If All right, pay me 70 bucks a game, I'll do wow. it. Wow. And I want yeah. to end with a note that uh, it's getting so bad that uh, my son-in-law and I were looking for something to watch, and we watched BattleBots. And it, it was a blowback from the past. I remember watching that with Dave and my son was younger, but it was so much fun to watch BattleBots, and they hyped it up, and just a little destruction competition always helps a little bit. And the other thing we watched was the Red Bull uh, Soapbox Derby thing that my son's pointed out. If you don't know what I'm talking about, search it on YouTube, and you'll have a lot of good laughs, especially watch the Japanese Tokyo one in 2019. It's a good distraction, a lot of laughs. So we we'll hope by the next time we have a podcast that you'll be talking about some great sports with your friends and we'll have some better news but until then keep your chin up and keep on rooting for your favorite team and go blue have a good night hey go blue here's some good news fcs football starts february 20th oh that's right that's gonna be awesome that's gonna be awesome